Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. Our guest today is someone who has always made me think. T.J. Woodward is a very deep thinker and a public visionary whose special calling has been helping people who have substance abuse issues. I interviewed him in 2015, and I that was when I first read his first book, which was called Conscious Being, Awakening to Your True Nature. And to my amazement, I saw that book as fundamentally my own liberating Jesus, but it was based in Eastern religious teachings and not in the teachings of Jesus. And I was actually flabbergasted by that. Some people have been so traumatized by the fear-based nature of Christianity as it is being practiced now that they don't want to hear anything about Jesus, even though everything that Jesus taught is love-based. So they can hear those same truths now from T.J. Woodward's work instead. And then T.J.'s second book was Conscious Recovery, A Fresh Perspective on Addiction. And his third book was Conscious Creation, Five Steps to Embracing the Life of Your Dreams. T.J. Woodward then for a time was the senior minister and the spiritual director of Agape Bay Area in Oakland, California, which is the first satellite community of the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles. I think he's moved on from there, but we're going to catch up with him today. T.J. Woodward is the creator of the Conscious Recovery Method, which is a groundbreaking and apparently it's quite an effective approach to reviewing and treating addictions. And he's the creator and host of the Awakening Living TV and Awakening Living radio shows. My lovely friend, T.J. Woodward, is a ball of fire. T.J., welcome. I'm so happy to have you back with us again. Oh, my gosh, Roberta. Thank you. I am so grateful to be here. I do believe this is our fifth time doing this, if I'm counting correctly. So I I, I love being with time. you. <laughs> <laughs> But I never can catch up with you. I mean, I keep wanting to sort of put you on and then you're off to something else again. So I'm just happy that we're finally doing this now. Well, thank you. Me too. Before we go on to talk about what you proposed for today, which boggles my mind, what are you doing right at the moment? Well, I have recently moved to Southern California. So living in Marina del Rey, absolutely loving it. Been here for a little over two years. My my primary focus is conscious recovery now. I'm really um, helping treatment programs and helping coaches and counselors and therapists um, adopt a new way of looking at addiction and even more specifically looking at people who have addiction uh, not through the lens of brokenness, but through the lens of wholeness. And that's really what I'm up to. That's um, I love it. I'm doing a lot of radio and TV shows. You know, ball of fire is is true. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And but you still have time to send out. I mean, I, I look for them every day. You You send out these sort of thoughts for the day and and some of them I have to save. They're always I don't know where you, where you find them sometimes, but they're always very wise and and uh it's kind of grounding to just receive them every day 
Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I've been doing that, I think, for about four years. And I spent some time collecting quotes over the years that have had a profound impact on me. And, you know, I, I put them in in advance. So I never know what's coming through either. So I actually use it as my daily meditation as well. Um, so, yeah, it's something that I really love offering people. So, all right. I guess when I finally got you sort of pinned down and, all right, let's do this. I said, what are we going to talk about? And I think you tossed something off to me, which which was kind of platitudinous we were going to talk about. And then when I finally got, got back to you and said, okay, I need questions for this, you said, that, that's a terrible topic. I said, well, you proposed it. He said, I never proposed, I never proposed that. I said, all right, come up with something else. And you said, all right, moving beyond polarization. Mm. I said, oh, my God. We can't talk about that. That's like a monumental topic. How will we ever cover that in less than an hour? And then you gave me some questions, which I, I mean, TJ, how are we going to handle this moving beyond polarization? And you said, we'll handle it. So you're the leader this time. I don't know where to go with this. Well, I want to start by saying we've been told that we're a polarized country and there is certainly evidence to support that conclusion or a polarized world. For me, I actually think it's much less that we're a polarized country. It's more that we've been conditioned to have polarized thinking from a very, very early age. We're taught about good and bad and right and wrong. And of course, there's some value to that. I want to be clear. But what happens is we end up looking at the world through the lens of us and them and right and wrong. And that's what creates the polarization. The way we heal it isn't so much in the relationships outside of ourselves, but more of the relationship within. And I love the way you started the show, whether we're looking at the teachings of Buddha or the teachings of Jesus. There are so many master teachers who came and the message is always love. So that really as it is at the root of what we can talk about today of how we actually heal what looks like polarization. But it is polarization. I mean, I, I hate to be an advocate for what sounds like the devil, but I've got to tell you, this country has never been so polarized since the Civil War. And arguably not even then, because yeah, then we had something to be polarized around, my dear. But now we are polarized around the idea of polarized, of being polarized. <laughs> there are people who are being who are polarized simply for the around the idea of being polarized and polarized for the sake of being polarized. I've never seen anything this bad. Well, I think there's more awareness now. There's more. We have social media. We have news that's 24 hours a day. So it might be true that we're at the most polarized time. It might also be true that we're simply more aware of it. We have these entire platforms where people are 24 hours a day, seven days a week, spouting all their opinions. And of course, that then activates someone else to respond with theirs. Lao Tzu many, many years ago said the greatest gift we can offer the world is that of our own transformation. So it oh, I is. I love that quote. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that quote, too. People it's... have to be of goodwill in order to share goodwill. There are people who are not. You and I know that that's true. There are people who would just rather be angry. Isn't that yes. true? Don't you see that in your own life? Absolutely. And 
it would be convenient if I saw it on what I see as one side of the fence, if you will, or one side of the, and I'm using air quotes, of course, listeners can't see it, but one side of the argument. Well, I'm trying um, to see them. I'm envisioning those air quotes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So, so it's not, it's not, you know, because it's so easy and we build coalitions around people who agree with us, even in spiritual circles, we say we're looking for a like-minded community. So that's really code for, I want to be surrounded by people who agree with me. And there is something that's comforting about that, but there's also something that's extremely polarizing about that. Um, you know, I have members of my family who have very different um, political points of view or different points of view about how we address issues in the country and in the world. At the root of it, though, we all want the same thing, and that is love and connection. The issue is people, We I think we haven't healed enough of our own wounds, so we're projecting them outward. And I see that happening more than ever right now, and I find that to be fascinating. I don't think we all want love and connection. I think there are some people who at, who at the heart of it just want to win. Well, I think that's the way it shows up, right? Um, I, I think to back up a little, I would say we come into the world as whole and perfect beings and we absolutely want love and connection. And then we get programmed right. by the world. And so if that's true, then at the it might be true that Pretty deep down, someone might just want to be right. But even deeper than that, there is still a place within them that is desiring love and connection. There are some people who feel that their side must win at all costs. I'm not sure why, but they do feel that the other side is evil. They do feel their side is good and the other side is evil. Right. Certainly politically, that's true. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Even in families... Because what I do, what I practice is family law, law for businesses, really, and and business law for family businesses, and um, sometimes it's frightening to see how deeply divided families can get within businesses. It's really scary sometimes, and I I've never never failed at putting it back together, but it can be very 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 hard. Mm. Well, and what what do you think is at the root of that? Fear. Yes, a, fear is the opposite of love. That they're they're polar opposites. And when when I've disconnected from my true nature, then I look to the world for fulfillment. And I think that's what happens. And that fulfillment comes often in the form of let me find people who agree with me. This isn't always conscious. And then we call it a religion or a, a, and we call it a political party. Yes. And yes. then we start to coalesce around ideas, which is really different than coalescing around inherent wholeness. My fear for the, and I hate to use the word fear, but this is what this is what it is. My fear for the country is that I, I think we are polarized around fear and each side truly fears the other side's position to yes. the point where each side is afraid of the other side's position and there isn't common ground anymore. Um, and that was what happened and caused the Civil War. Then there was an issue, slavery. And there isn't really a comparable issue now that is causing the polarization. But I don't know how you solve it because I, I know people on on 
on either side. And I I don't declare a side. So either side, they both side talk, both sides talk to me. But I see how far apart they are, TJ, and I'm really, really alarmed at that, at seeing how far apart they are. Yeah. Well, and if we think about polarization, it's been happening throughout human history. I mean, there have been some very, very dramatic examples of that. Genocide, war, you know, we have Nazi Germany. I mean, I don't think that we can say we're more polarized than we've ever been. I think in America, that might be true. In America, it's true. I, in, other, in the world, no, no, I, I agree with you on that. Um, but it has caused wars in the past, as you yes. see. Yeah. Well, and then and then what we want to look at is what is the actual solution. And what we tend to do is think that the solution happens outside of ourselves, that somehow we need to fix something that appears to be broken. And of course, we can find all the evidence to support the conclusion that the world is divided, that the country is divided. I also want to invite that we can have a different conclusion and find evidence to support that. It doesn't mean we're going to pretend like what we see isn't happening, but we have decided collectively what the news is. And the news is focused on the seduction of the ego, the seduction of the drama. You know, we have 24-hour news cycles now, and they know what they need to do to get us to tune in. And that is feeding the fear. That's right. They do feed the fear. Oh, so much. Oh, yes. And it's such a small, small, small percentage of what's happening. And again, I'm not saying let's pretend like it's not happening. The violence, the division, that is something that's happening in our country. But there is so much love happening too, so much connection, so many people building each other up, right? But we have decided for some reason, like Velcro, we attach to what we consider to be negative. And my theory about that and my experience is it's something unhealed within me. So if I feel broken, I will see it in the world only a hundred percent of the time. Hmm. Yeah. But I, I just don't know how to heal it in the country at this point, because the people that I know all are into all are individually people of goodwill. And I can talk to them because I can see what they see. It's just that I can't help them see the other side's position because I can right. also see what the other side sees. Right. And so you're saying what you're saying is is exactly my experience. When I actually sit down and talk with someone, I can understand why they have their point of view. I may not I may or may not agree with it, but I can understand yes. and have compassion That's for it. Exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. And and if it's true that the people that you know have goodwill, then we can also say that that's the majority of human beings, the vast majority of human beings on planet Earth have goodwill. And that's a conclusion that I want to hold because then that becomes true. And if we could come from that place, then we could start having some honest dialogues and actually hear someone else rather than react to someone else. It's just that you, you get them to an edge where you might be able to lead them to see the other side's position and they won't get beyond that edge. Yeah. I think it, for me, it starts with recognizing, you know, we've been told all my life, I've been told there's your version, my version, and the truth is in the middle. I actually have a different perspective about that. And now that is 
There's my version or my story, and there's your story, and they're both 100% correct based on the lens at which we're looking at it through. So if that's true, then I can have more compassion for someone. I can actually start to ask them genuinely why they have this point of view that they have. There was a survey done of of Americans, um, people in the United States, and the number one thing that people are looking for is safety. So for some, safety right, would be... fear is the problem. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. And the way we interpret what safety would be is different for each group, right? So someone might say, well, we need to build a wall so we can be safe. Someone else might say, we need to take all the walls down so we can be safe. They can both be true based on perspective, right? But what happens right. is we've been trained that we are our thoughts and opinions. And therefore, if that's true, I must defend mine. That's where we're in reaction rather than cooperation and compassion for one another. Right. But the problem, the problem is the easy communication and the news media ginning everything up because the news media takes only one extreme side and then feeds it in a 24 hour, seven days a week way in an extreme way. Yeah. If we didn't have that going on, I think it would be easier to get people because the people are much more rational than the news media is. Yes. And and it's interesting because, you know, you and I remember a time when we didn't have all these different news channels and, you know, to the best of their ability, they were less biased. Now, I'm sure there's always bias in, in anything because I'm always going to bring to any everybody, conversation. Everybody has a point of view. You're right. Everybody yes. does. Yeah. But I think there was more of a commitment before to have impartial news reporting. And we only had three channels and the news was only on a few times a day. Right. So we're in a very different environment now. Right. Right. Oh, my goodness. But I'm I'm really concerned about the way things are so polarized at this point. And people are sorting themselves by state at the, at this point. People are moving toward the state where they feel more comfortable. I mean, I live in Texas and most of the people around me are all, you know, all have one sort of point of view. Uh, I'm, I've practiced law in Massachusetts. People there, many of them have a somewhat different point of view. Although I'm surprised to tell you most of my clients have the same kind of point of view that most of the people in Texas have because they're business people and so their 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 point of view is you know rational in the business way way and that is that is more um you know they're they're not extremists uh, toward the left as as you would think they would be in Massachusetts yeah, I don't know and, and, although and, some it, of them frankly I have friends there I go to lunch with when I'm there you know when I'm in Massachusetts seeing my clients and uh, I I talk to them, you know, as they would want me to talk to them. Every I I, I can speak every language. I really am mul- really multilingual. Hmm. Well, and it, it's fascinating to me too because then we look at stereotypes. And as a person who's lived in Texas and in California, I can tell you in my experience that what we are being fed about those two states is not the truth. It's not the whole truth. The the, the governments of those, the, the, the governing bodies of those states might have a particular point of view. But I can tell you, if you go to rural California compared to urban Texas, 
you wouldn't think the stereotypes are right. accurate, right? That's because right. Austin and Dallas and Houston, you know, when you're in the city, you're going to have an experience that would be more stereotypically um, California or what we're being told it is. But, right. I, you know, let me tell you, if you go to Fresno and um, Visalia and places in the Central Valley, they're going to have a point of view that might be more what or we're told Texas is. Texas, so it's right. I think we right. must question these stereotypes. And unfortunately right. now, news is fed through social media and there's no one even checking the accuracy of it. Right. The whole thing, right. The whole thing is so foolish. So it's so, it's so lacking in common sense. That's, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, and it's all fear-based in one direction or the other. It, none of it is love-based. Yeah. So then the question is, what do we do with it? Right. And for me, that's what I rely on you for. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I have, I have some, I definitely have some questions about it. Right. Um, And, and, and the reason I say I have questions about it is I don't want to say I have the answers, but what I do want to offer is some questions and that some of the questions are, what if the stereotypes we've been told aren't true? And I'll give you an example. My dad and his wife came to L.A. recently, and they make a joke that they live in L.A. as well, lower Alabama, right? So they've lived in L.A., lower Alabama. And they, you know, what's interesting, and, you know, my dad, you know, politically, he's very centrist and, you know... It, I don't think of them as extreme at all. And they say, well, you know, we live in L.A., lower Alabama, and people have a lot of judgment and fear about people in California. And when we say we're going to visit our son and his husband, they have even more judgment of it, right? Um, But what happened is um, my dad's wife said, oh, my gosh, everyone is so friendly here. It's not what I've been told about L.A. So, see, there's these stories that are being told. And I guarantee you, if I stop a lot of people on the street in most parts of L.A. and say, what do you think about Alabama? They're going to have stereotypes, too. Right. Which there might be some of those that are true. But at the heart of it, people are more alike than they are different. That's, I think the point that we need to make to everyone. And you're right, it is all about love. And I try to help people understand that. When I work with businesses, what I try to do is make it all about mom. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, everybody in the business loves mom. Mm. Even though maybe the kids are at war with one another, they all love mom. Mm. And they're they really don't want to make mom upset. Maybe they're maybe they're fighting with one another. Maybe maybe there are issues in the world. Maybe there are issues here. But and and right now, one of the things that makes me angry is they're trying to make us forget our history. And our history is a good one. Let's let's go back and let's remember our history and why we came here and what we're trying to do in this country. I mean, we've done a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, California and <laughs> Louisiana and lower L.A. or whatever, um, <laughs> you know, we, we all have the same history, ultimately. Right. And the Civil War was not thought about slavery. It was thought about keeping the country together and remembering why we came. Mm. We came because we wanted everyone to be free. And when some people forgot that, we had to remind them. And maybe we had to remind them at the point of a sword. But we did remind 
them, and we all came together again, and we made ourselves back into one country. Mm. And and that's what perhaps what we have to do again is to remind everybody about that. And if we have to do it at a point of a sword, maybe we have to do it again. Well, I and it's not. I hope not maybe as well we, because we have to do it. You know, I I know that your your focus, especially in your book, Liberating Jesus, is to look at the real teachings or what we believe to be the true teachings of Jesus, right? And if it's true that Jesus said this, this to me is one of the most profound, if not the most profound teaching that's ever been delivered on planet Earth, and that is to be in the world, but not of it. Yes. And that's really what we're talking about here. Can I be in the world but not get hooked into everything that's being told to us that are the stereotypes, that are the polarizing thoughts. The idea of an other has literally caused so much pain on planet Earth. And there have been teachers who have come to say, we must move beyond that and realize that love is who we are. It doesn't mean we don't honor differences because people get, you know, buttons get pushed when I say something like that. I've been told that it's not even okay to say we're more alike than we're different because we must honor our differences. And hear me, everyone, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we are more alike than we are different. We celebrate and honor the different expressions. But if it's true that we're all love, that we're all spiritual essence, that must be true for everyone. It can't be true for just some. And I think that's what Buddha and Jesus and so many other teachers came to demonstrate for us. And many of us have forgotten that it was really a demonstration more than a teaching. And it's it's important to remember that the and, and the thing that we are trying to do for Jesus now is to separate his teachings from the religion that was launched with his name, but not his teachings. For example, you have a beautiful, beautiful marriage, and it's time to cel- celebrate your marriage and so many marriages like yours. You know, you ha- you love a man. That's something to celebrate now. Jesus would celebrate it. I'm, I'm sure he does. I mean, yeah. let's let's forget the religion that was launched 300 years after Jesus launched his spiritual movement. Right. Christianity as it, as it is now is frankly, and I'll say it today, and I'm I'm sell- saying it now for the world. Christianity as it is now is evil because it does not include everyone. Jesus included everyone in his spiritual movement. Mm. We're doing that now on teachingsbyjesus.com. We're celebrating everyone and everybody's marriage too. That's it. That's it. That's the way it is now. And that's well, it, the way it is forevermore because Jesus celebrated everyone. Well, and that's, you're speaking to the heart of it because what happens is we end up, and I, I already kind of said this, but we'll say it again with the through this lens. We start coalescing around ideology um, instead of the core, the core teaching of a, m- numerous master teachers who have said it's all about love. It's all, it's about, all about being love. the frequency of love and looking beyond the seeming differences, and that's an individual practice more as much or more than it is a collective practice. So we could say, wouldn't it be amazing if every religion paused and said, is this teaching based in love? This one particular teaching that we're, we're, you know, if I'm standing up in front of a group of people as a spiritual leader, is what I'm saying right now based in love or is it based in fear and division? And, you know, 
anything about you know homosexuality, which is all an interpretation anyway, is in the Old Testament, right? Jesus came along to say the greatest of all of these is love, right? And so that, like so many other teachers, that really is the answer. And our minds want it to be so much more complicated for whatever reason, but it's a very simple truth. That's the way it is. But you see, all of these religious things, religious ideas, religious dogmas, unite, rather, divide the world. Jesus came to unite the world. Right. And it's that simple. It is. Jesus is of people. Jesus Jesus came from God, but Jesus' roots are in people. And that's one of the things that we also celebrate now. But I don't know. I just don't know how, though, dear. I don't know how we move beyond this polarization, which is also of people and not of God. I just don't know how we do it at this point, because it's still... These dogmas that that are in religions are of people. They're not of God, and and the and I mean the 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 whole um, woke movement is of people. It's not it's not spiritual at all. And I just I don't I don't know how we get rid of it. I just well, don't and, get it get rid of it now. Well, and I think it's part of it might be maybe it's not about getting rid of it because it's been happening throughout human history right? The polarization, the division, the different religions. Um, look what's happened in the Middle East for how many you know decades. Um, so this is an issue that's always been here. And you ask the question, what do we do with it, right? What do we actually do? And for me, the, it, it's twofold. It starts within. Uh, the greatest freedom I can have is the freedom from the reactive impulse. And that really takes some really deep work um, to be able to be fully present and open and hearing someone else without being in the reactivity of it is a very deep and profound spiritual practice. So it always starts there. And then from there, can I have conversations with people who have differing points of view and notice if I'm getting activated, notice if I want to defend, what would it be like to actually have that conversation with someone? I don't know. You've always been more optimistic about these things than I have. I have to say. <laughs> I mean, I I just I just see so many people who who seem to revel in the negativity. I mean, it's like their element now. It's not something they're trying to get rid of. It's something they seem to to. It's their. It's it's something they seem to like. Well, I, you know, I, I work in the addiction world and I think that is the primary addiction on planet earth. It's the reactivity, it's the defending, it's the opinionating. And if we can, each of us start to look at that. So the paradox in my life is once I realize that I can't get anyone to do that, that I must do that for me, then suddenly it seems like more people are doing it. Right. More people. I mean, I, I'm able to have conversations now with people of differing points of view where when I was in my 20s, all I would be doing is defending myself and telling them how they're wrong. And that was my I wish I could say it wasn't true, but that was my entire 20s, whether I was aware of it or not. I was right <laughs> oh. and you are wrong and I'm going to defend it. <laughs> oh, golly. Yeah. Yeah. You have to reach out from your own peaceful place. Reach out and love to other people and see their point of view first, because only then 
If you can reach out, reach out in love to other people, only then are you able to help them to see your point of view too. You 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 can't only be defensive. You're right. Well, and and what what kind of world do we want to create? Um, that's a fundamental question for each of us to decide. Um, I want to create a world that has more harmony and love. So what is my responsibility in that? It doesn't mean I don't have opinions because I think, you know, again, people were so programmed to have polarized thinking that sometimes people will want to defend themselves with, with me saying the greatest gift we can offer is no longer to defend ourselves. And they're like, wait a minute, that can't be true. And they're literally doing it in that moment. Right. Because we're so conditioned to believe that our opinions are so important. And on some level, they are that 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 dialogue, you know, I think a lot of people when when they hear me talking about this, they think what I'm saying is let's come to a middle ground. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we all have a point of view based on the lens at which we look at life through. What if it's not about trying to change anyone's mind, but move beyond the mind and realize there is commonality? So I'm not saying, again, I'm going to keep repeating this because I'm not saying we're going to pretend like the conditions of the world aren't happening. But the question, what kind of world do I want to create and what is my role in that is a powerful question for each of us to reflect upon. And you don't have to give up your own point of view. Instead, what you need to do is be solid in your own point of view, but reach out in love to understand the other person's point of view as well. Yeah. And be, be, for me, it's also question every thought I have. My thoughts are not as solid as I once believed. Yes. I have these yes. points of view. And it's important for me to say, where did I get this idea? Is it even Once true for me? Once you really today? understand the other person's point of view, then your point of view may grow. Maybe it won't change, but it may grow. Yeah. And isn't that what we all want? Well, I mean, that's what I want. I want. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it is true. We all want to grow and change. I mean, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And that's really part of turning the other cheek all the time. Always being open to grow and, mm -hmm. and, to, and to really, really understand and grow in love of, for the other person, no matter what. And that requires me questioning a lot being in the question in a constant state of questioning is one way to grow and evolve. I wonder where I got this point of view. Who taught me this? Does it really ring true for me today? Is there a reality beyond opinions? Is there a reality beyond opinion? What a beautiful thing to say. That's right. Yeah. And to live in that, not just to say, oh, what an interesting question. And then we move on, but to really ask myself, is there a reality beyond opinions? And be with that, be with that for 24 hours and notice what emerges and see for, e for each person, we can discover our own truth around that and then let that truth evolve. But you really think there's, there's hope, <laughs> there's hope short of another civil war? So I, um, yes, I absolutely do. But, you know, I mean, this is a fun one to go down a little road. I don't, I don't look at hope because hope and fear are two sides of the same coin. I'm afraid this is going to happen. I hope that this will happen. But the only time we can really transform is in this moment. Imagine a world where each of us were to pause, move out of the reactivity and really check in with ourselves and ask ourselves the question, who have I come here to be? 
how can I contribute to the goodness in the world rather than I have hope that one day we'll get through this, right? So this is a concept that can be mind-blowing because, again, my mind is so conditioned. No, I must have hope to counter the fear. What if that's not true? Or what if that's not the whole story? Right, right, right. Beautifully said. We're coming toward the end of our time. What do you want our listeners to take away from this conversation? Well, my hope for anyone listening right now is, first of all, I don't have the answers, but I have a lot of questions. So my invitation for each of us is to be in some of these questions. What kind of world do I want to create? How am I viewing this? You know, the Course in Miracles says everything, all I know is not all there is to know. So what if it's not about the knowing from the intellect alone? The mind is powerful and useful, but it's not the ultimate truth of who and what we are. So being in some of these open-ended questions is what I would invite the listeners to try on and see what happens. I think life is an experiment. I think life is an experiment too. (laughs) Continuously. And if people want to know more, what's your website at the moment? tjwoodward.com. That's the best place to find out everything I'm up to. They could possibly catch up with you. (laughs) If they possibly can, that's true. (laughs) I will agree with you on that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, please consider yourself hugged, my dear. I always enjoy talking with you. Oh, thank you. I feel the same way. Much love. Thank you. And everyone, this has been... I'm so sorry we've come to the end of our time, but we'll have TJ back again. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you could be with us today. Please never forget that you're a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never are going to end. And when you really get what that means, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, we're going to be talking with Cute Blackson, who I never, I'm not sure about. How he pronounces his first name, I always forget, and he always tells me again. He's going to be with us for the third time. He's another modern public intellectual, and that to me is a big thing to say. He's been speaking publicly since he was eight years old, and he spoke then in front of 3,000 people in his father's church. I loved his second book. It's called The Magic of Surrender, Finding the Courage to Let Go. He was born in Ghana, West Africa, to a Japanese mother and a Ghanaian father. And he's an inspirational speaker who teaches authentic leadership and empowerment. He received the 2019 Walden Award in the New Thought Wisdom category that the Unity Organization awards once a year to recognize socially conscious leaders who are making the world a better place. He says his mission is simple. He wants to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access their inner freedom, to live authentically, and to fulfill their true life's purpose. He's a deep thinker, and he is a beautiful speaker. Well, you hear him speak. Please be sure to join us next week. And this week, we've been talking with my very dear friend, T.J. Woodward, who has been with us for the fifth time, as he pointed out. T.J. is a thoughtful and compassionate man, a really, really nice guy whose life is devoted to helping others. And in his case, he works, as you heard, especially hard to serve and to help those who are addicted. Just speaking with him and getting his weekly emails always is a real day brightener for me. And now, of course, of course, 
it's time for us once again to mention that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all things death in the afterlife. And it's run by my treasured, longtime, very dear friend, Craig Hogan. Craig is, I, can, I he's another person who's very precious to me. Just go to seekreality.com and start to learn for yourself that your own reality really is, it truly is eternal. You really never, I tell you this, you don't believe me, when, when you get there, you're going to say, darn it, she really was right after all, I should have listened to her sooner. Go there and learn that your own reality really is eternal. And teachingsbyjesus.com is your single source for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to us in perfect love by the greatest teacher who ever lived, Master Jesus, the eternally risen Christ. Now it really is Jesus's turn as Christianity, the religion, finally dies. The genuine teachings of Jesus can finally come alive. Teachingsbyjesus.com is the Lord's own entirely religion-free, religion-free website. It was made by Jesus and for Jesus in perfect love for you. Now, as I'm sure you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and The Fun of Loving Jesus is the latest one, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. It's About Time. For young children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus, and you can order all these books through bookstores on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and most of the adult books, except the last one, are also available as audiobooks. I'll get around to it as soon as I can find the time. We'll do that one, too. If you want to talk about anything at all, or you know, just say how, Heidi, howdy, I can't say it right, howdy. If you want to talk to me, just go to the green contact block on robertagrimes.com and just shoot me an email. I answer every email. It can take a while because I get quite a lot of them. Just please be sure to give me your correct email address. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available wherever podcasts are found. We're about to have done, believe it or not, 10 years of Seek Reality podcasts. And I didn't know this until very recently, but apparently I'm a pioneer. Almost nobody has done done this for 10 years. But when I start something, I carry it through. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. And you, most of all, in this entire universe, you in particular, are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.